Hello, 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 my true crime fans. It's me, Rachel, here with another episode. This one is just a small chunk in the overall conspiracy theory and allegations. I wanted to focus on just one topic within plenty we could cover that would take days to talk about. This isn't me making the person out to be the victim by any means. However, just exposing the deep, dark secrets happening right under our nose. This is the death of Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Edward Epstein was born January 20th, 1953, and he died August 10th, 2019, by apparent suicide inside his jail cell in a New York prison. Jeffrey Epstein was an American financer and convicted sex offender. He started his career as a teacher. That's a scary thought. Then switched paths to banking and finances in various roles. He worked at Bear Stearns, a New York-based global investment bank, before eventually starting up his own firm. Epstein developed an elite social circle, which is still a mystery to this day. Exactly how? Coming from a school teacher background and a financial investor who wasn't well known in New York for his investments. It was reported before his death, his net worth was $559 million in self-reported assets, 56 million in cash, 56 million in a Manhattan penthouse, two islands valued at $86 million, and his waterfront Palm Beach property worth 22 million. So how did he build his wealth? In a statement from radio host Howie Carr to a Fox Nation, quote, wealth of that magnitude is not unheard of for a well-known New York investment banker. However, in the financial world, Epstein was a ghost, end quote. Within Wall Street, people have stated they have no idea where he got that kind of money. In another quote by Howie Carr, he stated, quote, they didn't know anybody that was making trades with him that he was investing with. So where did this money come from? How did he gain such a social status and join elites, including Prince Andrew? We all know that Epstein was and is known for pedophilia, sexual assault, 
rape and his interest in not only women, but young girls. In 2005, the Palm Beach Police Department in Florida started investigating Mr. Epstein after a parent filed a report alleging he assaulted her 14-year-old daughter. In 2008, Epstein pled guilty and was convicted by a Florida state court of procuring underage girls for prostitution and soliciting prostitution. Although he was only charged and convicted of these two charges, federal officials identified 36 girls, some as young as 14 years old, whom Epstein allegedly sexually abused. After his verdict, he was sentenced to 13 months in custody, however, was given extensive work release and a privilege, enjoying his Palm Beach waterfront home while on release and even traveling, although he was not allowed to do so. His punishment was nothing more than a slap on the wrist. Jeffrey Epstein once again was arrested on July 6, 2019 on federal charges for sex trafficking minors in Florida as well as New York. A month into custody before he would face his day in court, he was found dead in his jail cell by apparent suicide. At first glance, the death was ruled by the medical examiner as suicide. However, the manner behind the death and ruling is quite suspicious and has gained worldwide attention. Conspiracy theories and suicide wasn't settling well with the public. Epstein's lawyers have even disputed the manner of death ruling. Because Jeffrey's death precluded the possibility of pursuing criminal charges, the judge dismissed all criminal charges against Jeffrey Epstein on August 29, 2019. This case is so huge and continues to grow deeper and darker as more information hits the public. We will save that rabbit hole for a whole nother episode. Let's just talk about the suicide itself. Saturday, August 10th, 2019, approximately 6.30 a.m. Inmate Jeffrey Edward Epstein was found unresponsive in his jail cell in the special housing unit within Metropolitan Correctional Center in New York, New York. At first glance, you could say it appeared to be death by suicide. Staff initiated life-saving measures before calling EMS, Emergency Medical Services. The life-saving efforts continued, and Epstein was transported by EMS to a local hospital for treatment of life-threatening injuries. Despite efforts, Jeffrey was pronounced dead by the hospital staff. A CBS News report from an inside interview stated there was shrieking and shouting when Epstein's body was recovered. Guards were heard attempting to revive him, saying, Breathe, Epstein, breathe. Sunday, August 11, 2019, New York medical examiner Barbara Sampson announced her completion of an autopsy on Mr. Epstein while she was under observation of a private pathologist. However, she still needed more time and more information before she could officially determine his cause of death. Michael Baden was that private pathologist, and he was hired by Epstein's representatives. He is a well-known celebrity pathologist who has conducted private autopsies that include Michael Brown and a former NFL player Aaron Hernandez. The Washington Post reported Epstein sustained multiple breaks in his neck bones, which sparked speculation about the possibility his death was a homicide. 
Barbara Sampson, however, ruled out foul play in her report. August 16, 2019, she stated, quote, Careful review of all investigative information. The cause of death has been ruled hanging, and the manner of death ruled suicide, end quote. Epstein's lawyers weren't convinced and stated they would be conducting their own investigation. Quote, we are not satisfied with the conclusion of the medical examiner. We will have a more complete response in the coming days. Dr. Michael Baden believes the evidence leads more towards homicide than suicide. There were three fractures in his hyoid bone, the thyroid cartilage. These fractures are very unusual for suicide but indicative of strangulation. Baden stated after 50 years of looking at prison deaths, one of these bone fractures is common in suicide, but three bones has not been found in his career. Baden also argued his theory is based off blood hemorrhaging in Epstein's eyes and face and deep marks around his neck where the ligature was placed around his neck. Baden calls for more DNA testing, saying the DNA will tell whose fingerprints were on that ligature around his neck, which was made from Epstein's bedsheets. However, if someone was able to conspire this murder of Jeffrey, gain access to the jail and staff, most likely they would be smart enough to wear gloves and leave no trace of DNA behind. On July 23rd, three weeks before Epstein would die, he was found in a similar situation. He was found unconscious and badly wounded. However, Epstein survived and was able to tell his side of the story, which he said was an attack. He stated he was beaten half to death by his former cellmate and former police officer named Nicholas Tartaglian. Davis Schoen, defense attorney, states, Quote, Jeffrey was afraid he would face consequences if he implicated anyone, so he kept his mouth shut and told investigators he couldn't remember what happened. End quote. Tartaglian stated he has not been questioned by any law enforcement officials since July 23rd regarding Epstein's condition. He also denies hurting Epstein, but he said he found him unconscious, lying in the fetal position on the ground, and actually tried to help him. Along with that statement, he also recalls being told to shut up about Epstein and not talk to the press. Quote, the correctional officers know he has information that is potentially very damaging. End quote. So is this why the cellmate was never questioned or investigated? Or did the guards threaten and coerce Epstein into blaming his cellmate for the attack, not to reap further consequences? The guard stated this wasn't an attack, but a suicidal attempt, and he was placed on a suicidal watch. However, just 12 days before his death, he was taken off suicide watch. If he was suicidal, why wait 12 days to do so? Prisoners on suicide watch are put under constant observation in a cell that gives staff an unobstructed view of everything the inmate is doing. They are also given daily evaluations by a psychologist. Experts have stated whether he was suicidal or not, keeping Epstein under constant watch was just a good precaution. Former warden told NBS News, quote, I would have a staff member sitting there or have a camera on him 24-7 while he was in my custody, purely to cover my butt, end quote. A psychiatric evaluation of Epstein leading up to his death 
stated a suicide watch was not warranted. Those who had spoken or visited with Epstein days leading to his death all consistently described Epstein as very, very upbeat. Jeffrey Epstein was removed from suicide watch 12 days before his death and moved into a normal cell with a new cellmate. He died only two weeks later. August 9th, 2019, Epstein's new cellmate was transferred out of the shared cell the day before Epstein died. You could say this gave Epstein freedom and privacy to commit suicide, or you can link it to what I'm about to drop on you. August 9th, the last day Epstein was alive, was the same day federal court released thousands of pages of sealed records on Epstein's case. Names of powerful men accused of being on his island, names of men that were accused of being Epstein's clients, were going to be exposed. One article read, quote, a lot of important people are going to have a really bad weekend, end quote. Although Epstein was off suicide watch, he was supposed to have been on 24-7 video surveillance. Hours before his death, right after court documents were released, his cellmate was transferred with no one assigned to replace him. No explanation for the transfer was given. A man who was just on suicide watch was now left completely alone and unsupervised. Guards were very aware that Epstein wasn't supposed to be left alone, not even for a second. Orders included constant video surveillance and check-ins every 30 minutes. The night Epstein died, every single one of those rules were broken. Guards weren't in to check on Epstein that night, knowing he was without a cellmate. Supposedly, that night, the prison was short-staffed. Only 10 out of 18 scheduled to work that night showed up to work. Two men in charge of monitoring Epstein were both working overtime. Again, suspiciously, both guards fell asleep and didn't bother to check on Epstein for a total of three hours. They also falsified their logs to claim they'd been doing their duty. Two cameras that were supposed to be on Epstein's cell suspiciously and both simultaneously malfunctioned the night he died. Epstein was a six-foot-tall man, and he had allegedly hung himself with a self-made noose out of bedsheets, knelt down, and hung himself. However, an ex-inmate of the prison told New York Post, quote, No way. Suicide at Metropolitan Correctional Center is effectively impossible. There's a steel bed frame, but you can't move it, no light fixtures, and no bars. They don't give you enough in there that could successfully create an instrument of death, end quote. That statement was actually backed up by evidence that shows that the prison only had seen one other suicide in the last 21 years. Another former inmate voiced his agreement, quote, it's next to impossible to kill oneself in jail, end quote. Another strange but interesting fact is the death of Epstein was reported on 4chan, which is an English language image board website. Epstein was found in his jail cell around 6.30 a.m., then taken to the hospital and pronounced dead. At 8.16 a.m., that was when the first post about Epstein's death broke on 4chan with the title, Jeffrey Epstein Dead. Included in the post was, quote, don't ask me how I know. But Epstein died an hour ago from hanging, cardiac arrest, end quote. The post was made 38 minutes before 
the first news report hit the public. The post looked as if it could be from a first responder. It included inside information of efforts to resuscitate Jeffrey, also stating Epstein was in the hospital a total of 20 minutes before his time of death was called by hospital staff. The FDNY denies the post could have come from any one of their staff members, arguing the content doesn't match their medical records. A solid point I want to make about Jeffrey Epstein is he thought he was bulletproof. His previous charges were a slap on the wrist. His sentence was full of privileges that no other inmate would receive. He was able to enjoy his Palm Beach waterfront home, travel, and was given special privileges even inside the prison when he served 13 months. Jeffrey believed he was above the law, so why kill himself? He was reported to be upbeat, optimistic, and in his mind, he believed he would get off just like before, with little to no consequences. So what is the motive to commit suicide? He was above the rest, immune in his eyes. He was a powerful and wealthy man. ABC News anchor Amy Robach in a leaked video complained, quote, I had the story for three years. I've had the interview with Epstein's accuser, Virginia Roberts. We would not air it, end quote. In 2015, Robach claimed she had a story ready that would have exposed Epstein's prostitution ring. She had major details, even connections to Prince Andrew and Bill Clinton. The story, however, never made the news. Robach stated the story wasn't censored and didn't offer enough evidence to meet ABC's editorial standards. However, in the leaked video, she went against her own words, stating she was threatened by the UK's royal family, threatening to cut her off and her ability to cover their family if Prince Andrew's secret came out. This was in 2015, four years before any of this broke to the media and news reports, before any of us even knew who Jeffrey Epstein was. Epstein's brother, Mark, collected the body. And when he seen Epstein for the first time, he stated his brother had far more than just neck injuries. He had wounds to his wrists as well. The autopsy report does state that Jeffrey had contusions to both wrists, abrasion on his left forearm, and deep muscle hemorrhaging on his left deltoid. So was Jeffrey handcuffed while strangled, or did someone hold his wrists to avoid Epstein from struggling? Now a little more on the neck injuries in more scientifically proven manner. In medical research, the bone fractures in the neck are about twice as common in homicide than suicide. One study stated 25% of suicides only show these fractures, and that's when the hanging is violent. A medical textbook reads a drop of five to nine feet is required for these injuries. This is not typically an injury found to a six foot tall man choked by his bedsheet tied to his bed frame. Now, the two guards responsible to monitor Epstein were charged by a federal grand jury three months after Jeffrey's death. They were charged with conspiracy and filing false records in connection with their actions the night Epstein died. The two guards' names are Tova Noel, 31, and Michael Thomas, 41. They were taken into custody and pled not guilty in Manhattan Federal Court. They were released on bail, $100,000 bond set for each defendant. Wow, 
That was a lot in a short amount of time. What do you think? Did he kill himself? Or is there more to the story? Let me know your comments over on Pocket Full of Crime podcast Instagram and a Facebook page. If you have made it this far, thank you so much for listening. I have a little shout out due to a very special listener. She is a sweet girl, listens to every single one of my episodes, and today just happens to be her sweet 16. So send Ashlyn lots of birthday love, and I want to personally wish you, Ashlyn, a very happy sweet 16. May this year bring lots of memories, joy, and adventure. Enjoy being young. Soak up every moment. You are a beautiful young girl with so much potential. Believe in yourself. The sky isn't the limit. You have the world in your hand, birthday girl. Happy birthday. Join me next time for another creepy true crime episode. Be sure to subscribe and hit that notification bell so you don't miss another episode like this one. Until next time, stay weird, my friends. Oh, and one more thing. Hi, mom.